Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. Today is Sunday, May 26th, 2019, and this is episode 89. So it's kind of a cold-ish, coldish, dreary day. Um, this is Memorial Day weekend if you're in the United or in the United States. So I've just uh, I skipped a week mostly because I just didn't have enough to talk about. I felt like I had made some progress, but no new projects. So um, I thought I'd wait until I had a little more to talk about. And I'm not quite sure if I do. But here we go. Let's just get right into knitting. And so what I've finished, I actually did finish something. I cast on a Milo by Georgie Nicholson, which is a baby like dress vest. So it's a garter stitch along the top. So it makes it into kind of like a little tank top and then a little bit of garter stitch in the round and then stockinette body. There is a cable running down the left front of it and then garter stitch at the end. So this is a like an extremely popular pattern. I think I bought it last year during the Indie Designer Gift Along or I might have won it actually as a prize for the Indie Designer Gift Along. And I think I've been like resistant to buying this pattern just because it seemed pretty simple, you know, like a little garter stitch yoke, no sleeves, and then a body. But the pattern is really well written. The pattern gives you like four or five, I don't know, um, a number of different cable options down the front. So I did an XO pattern cable, but um, a lot of people have gone pretty crazy on this pattern because you basically, it's a blank slate. I mean, the section that's just stocking it, you could do stripes or you could, a lot of people do interesting like color work. Um, designs because really it's just yeah it's just a blank slate and it's for a little kid so you can really go crazy but this time I used um, a self-striping yarn I used Knit Picks Felici Worsted in the rustic colorway and so that goes from yellow like a mustard yellow to an orange to a red to a brown and then a light blue and then a white or cream I really liked the yarn I have a baby shower I'm going to next weekend for our friends, our friends who are having a baby, but they didn't say the sex of the baby, which is great, fine. And I figured this yarn is a nice neutral, gender neutral, if, you know, if they care about that, I don't know. Um, so it's kind of a gender neutral colorway and it's cute, it kind of 70s looking and I like it. The only problem really with using like a self-striping yarn is because you're in garter, you do get those little blips of color when you have to change colors like on the on a certain rows like if the new color is pearled then you're going to see the blips of the previous color so it doesn't bother me too much in the yoke but for me like my very last round of the body in garter before I switched to stockinette has um, light blue was brown and then it goes to light blue so you just see these little blips of light blue all the way across, except not all the way across. It starts part way. And also I did some um, make one increases to uh, get to the right amount of stitch, the right stitch number in the stockinette. So where I do those knit ones, it kind of pulls up the, where there's that little blip, you can kind of see it. So that's just how it goes, I think, when you do self-striping yarn. And I'm trying to be like cool about it and not worry about it. But yeah, it's not ideal for me. And the XO cable does get a little bit lost in the striping yarn because you get, let's see, you get maybe three or four rounds of each color 
in the stockinette section. So, you know, the guard, the cable isn't like super sharp, but I like the look of it anyway. I did have a little bit of trouble binding off in garter stitch and keeping it. Well, mine was too loose. I kept binding off too loose and I kept trying to like go back and firm up the cast on or bind off. But instead of like redoing it, I was just trying to like take up the extra slack after I had already bound off. So it's not ideal. So there's a slight flare, and I think I could probably fix that if I solve that if I like decrease more stitches for the bottom garter stitch section or not. But I think it's pretty adorable. The pattern calls for a DK weight yarn, and I knit worsted weight yarn, but like a slightly denser gauge. So I used the six month numbers stitch count, but then I did about the nine month size length. So I'm not sh- totally sure what size this little thing is, but yeah, maybe nine months. Sorry if there's extra noise. My cat is jumped up onto my lap, so he's here. If you see, if you hear purring, so that is the Milo by Georgie Nicholson, out of Knitpicks Felici Worsted in the rustic colorway. And you know it was so so fast. I mean, it took me like three days or something, and it was really nice to get this done. And I kind of see some more Milos in my future because it's a very easy pattern, very quick. And yeah, I, I still had some left over, actually a little bit of the worst weight yarn left. I was going to just use all of it, but then I didn't want it to be too much like a dress. It seemed like it might get a little extreme. So, so yeah, so I'll probably be making a few more of these for future, future baby shower gifts. All right, so then my current fix. Not really any surprises here. I've been working on Annex in Noragon. This is a tank top that was in her framework book that she did for Quince and Company. I'm using hemp for knitting yarn. It's the all hemp six yarn in aubergine. Supposed to be a DK weight yarn, but it's hemp and it is knitting. I'm knitting it up like in an Aran weight gauge and it is extremely ropey. It does soften a little bit. Like I did a rinse I got partway through and then I just kind of rinsed it and like wrung it out and I got a lot of color bleeding actually. So, and then I just like laid it flat to dry. You know, you're supposed to be able to wash and dry it. So maybe machine wash and dry it. So maybe after that it'll get softer and I imagine it'll get softer each time. But right now this color bleeding is such an issue that I can't really just throw it in the washer with other stuff anyway, because it's going to keep leaching dye and it's like dark purple dye. So it's kind of an unusual tank top. Um, you start at the front bottom and you have mostly stockinette, but then there's a little bit of like netting in a little columns in the front. And then you have these little side like godets that you knit along with the front, but they work, are going to kind of arch up over the hips and they're going to have a drop stitch section too. So they're going to be kind of open work. And then the top kind of looks a little bit corsety. And it's a basic tank top, a little bit higher neck. So I knit the front with those little side godets all the way up. Bound off stitches for the center. And then I just worked separately on two shoulder straps. And then I picked up stitches and started working on the back. And I've so far done the back past the armholes. And then finally knit long enough so that I can pick up the stitches that I put aside for those godets. And now I'm just working the back back down. So I'd walked from the front all the way up and over the neck and down through the back. And then there'll just be a little bit to to seam on the sides from like the armhole down. So yeah, so it's an unusual pattern 
where it kind of ends around my waistline in the front, but then the hips are wider or longer. So it's kind of interesting. And yeah, it's pretty rustic feeling, the yarn, but it's loose gauge anyway. So of course, I was going to wear a tank top underneath it. So it shouldn't be like directly on my skin and it'll get softer and softer. I'm feeling a little bit like unmotivated actually on the project. I mean, I'm still working on it because I want to be done, but I'm getting to that point where I just want to be done. The yarn, it hasn't been hurting my hands like in terms of like arthritis, not arthritis, but like joints. But it does like my, I start to get a callus on my fourth finger on my right hand where from holding where the stitches are, like where the stitches are against the needle, it kind of starts to rub against my finger and give me a little callus. So I can't knit a ton of it. But that's almost done. I mean, it's only like 600 yards, but it's still taking me a while to actually get through. So that's Annex by Noragon using All Hemp 6. And then my other ongoing project is Fox Paws by Zandy Peters. I'm using Knit Picks Palette. My colorways are Edamame, which is green. Clarity, which is light blue, like icy blue. Seafaring, which is a bluish green. Gray Mist, self-explanatory, and Huckleberry Heather, which is a um, medium purple heather. I'm using a US-6 needle, and I'm doing six repeats across, so which is what she mentions in the original pattern, is six repeats, even though I think, you know, you can do any amount of repeats. And I was actually really cranking along on this. I mean, I think when I talked to you guys originally, I had done a lot. By a lot, I mean, I was doing, like, one of those little, like, what is it, nine row repeats like every day and I was really cranking but it was actually it was starting to hurt my hands I was starting to get some elbow pain and I think it's just some of those stacked increases or stacked decreases or I think mostly the stacked increases were just kind of starting to get to me so I've realized I just have to kind of take it easy so I'm slowing down on it I've made it through maybe like one and a half repeats using every color variation and I think the pattern calls for five so I think you do five and I'm at one and a half. So I'm I'm not quite moving on this as fast as I meant to, but eh, that's fine. It'll be something to keep going in the background. I've also done a little bit of spinning. I talked about this last time. I was working spinning the singles for a Bee Mice Elf BFL braid. The colorway is Finale, which is dark purples, black, and like a medium blues. Um, I had four ounces of it, and I spun the first two ounces like at the Huntington Gardens when we were there demonstrating, and then I just went to the Spinning Guild meeting yesterday, and I spun the other two ounces of singles. So tomorrow I have the day off for Memorial Day, so I think I'm going to try to do my plying tomorrow. So now that I've given my singles a little bit of time to rest since the first the first bobbins have been resting for like three weeks, so now this one can rest for at least a day. And then I'm going to apply that up, and that better be finished by the next time I talk to you guys. Okay, so that's what I'm working on. That was my current fix. I have swatched for something, so I'm going to put it somewhere in between current fix and Jones and 4, because I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm going to start it yet. But I talked about a number of episodes ago about this pattern, Panjara, I think it's pronounced, by Christina Denai. It's a cropped top that's a loose-fitting top. Most of it is one solid color, but around the very bottom and around the neckline, at the boxy neckline, there's a little bit of a color work pattern that has kind of a little Middle Eastern feel to it. I think it was inspired by some maybe like Iranian cookies or something. So I'm swatching for that. 
I really want to start this project. But the yarn I'm swatching with, my main color, is a plucky knitter that I bought at Stitches West. It's their solo base, which is 8020 merino silk in the colorway Under the Sea, which is an aqua color, kind of a teal though. It's, I would have said it's aqua, but it's actually looking very green to me now. Somewhere between an aqua and a mint green. And that was going to be my main color. And then I, for my contrast, I'm trying a red, which I think might be a little too extreme. I can't quite decide. And I'm having trouble making decisions, so I'm, like, texting my knitting friends to try to get them to help me decide. Um, what I'm going to be using as the contrast is a Leading Man Fiber Arts in the Showcase, which is the Superwash Merino fingering weight in the colorway Steady Beat, which is a kind of variegated red, but a very cherry red, I'd say. So I kind of like the swatch, but I just can't tell if it's too much. The blue-green is looking more green than ever, so it's... I'm just worried about it looking like a Christmas sweater. But then it's like, what's the matter? Like, maybe I'm just getting my Christmas sweater for the year done a lot early. I don't know. So we'll see. Um, I might be starting that in the next couple weeks, or I might decide that I need a more neutral color. All I know is I can't ask Lucas his opinion, because he hates... Not hates, but he doesn't really like it when colors contrast sharply, so he likes more of a monotone, so I can't ask him. So I have to get my knitting friends to, to weigh in. Or I need to make my own decision like an adult, but um, that seems unlikely. So that's a maybe. Uh, maybe on my needle soon. Panjara by Christina Denai. Okay, so what am I jonesing for? The first thing I'm jonesing for is the newest Caitlin Hunter pattern, Novelli, which is a, feels like the same as the other sweater I want to make. Um, it's a fingering weight, boxy, squarish, cropped sweater. It has a squawk, squawk, it has a um, square collar um, with a little bit of ribbing at the top, has kind of a little folded over short sleeves. It has a colorwork motif, a really pretty colorwork motif that I think it's, Inspired by Italy, but it looks also looks Middle Eastern to me. So it's kind of a large, like maybe five inch section of color work at the bottom. And I really like it. And I did buy it when she had a sale going on recently. And so I was kind of debating, do I use this yarn for that sweater or not? But yeah, so that's one that I really want to make sometime. It was like kind of I'm going to do one or the other of these. So that's Novelli by Caitlin Hunter. I did a real deep dive for baby patterns when I was trying to figure out this uh, baby shower. So I have some baby patterns that are pretty cute. One is Sunnyside by Tannis Lavalli. Um, this is a free pattern that came out a few years ago. It's a fingering weight baby sweater, baby cardigan that comes in a number of sizes. But there's two different options where you have um, either cables around the front by the buttons or lace. So I did debate using this one for this upcoming baby for this baby shower. But then I figured a fingering weight sweater took too long, so I did the worsted weight vest instead. But that's something I'm going to keep in mind for a future one. So that's Sunnyside by Tannis Lavalli. There's a new baby pattern called the Ruth Baby Ginsburg by Park Williams. It's an $8 Ravelry download. It's um, actually the baby or toddler version of a an adult sweater that she came out with um, last year. The adult sweater was called N Notorious RBG Sweater. So, you know, there was like um, a couple weeks when two people came out with Ruth Bader Ginsburg sweaters. So Park Williams came out with this one. 
and Andrea Wrangle came out with her Descent Pullover, which was a kind of more of a standard colorwork cardigan with colorwork motif on the top that looked a little bit like a, what are those called? Jabay? Jabot? Jabot? I don't know. Anyway, so the Ruth Baby Ginsburg, it's a little like puffy, kind of like cocoon-ish sweater. It's a pullover. Um, It's knit in black, um, is the original one, so it looks like RBG's like robes. And then it has white color work up at the top, kind of lacy color work. That's, again, supposed to look like that lacy collar that she wears when she does her her arguments. I like the look of the adult one, but I just thought there's no way I'm going to wear a balloony black sweater. You know, with like puff sleeves and puff body with that color work on the neck because it's like, I don't know, it seemed a little bit costumey. But, oh, my God, on a baby, it is so cute. And, of course, the baby that it's on in the picture, I don't know if it's a one-year-old or something, but, like, that baby has, like, a little turban on and everything. It's really cute. I might have to find somebody to make that for. That's the Ruth Baby Ginsburg sweater by Park Williams. Okay, I thought I had more baby things, but that's just it. Just those two. Last week was the Southern California Handweavers Guild. They had their Weaving Fiber Festival, or, or WEF, down in Torrance. So the whole knitting gang went together. Go down to that. And one booth had this cowl on display. Um, it's called the Strolling on Cloud 9. So it's a cowl by Suzanne, Su- Suzanne Nielsen. It's a $5 Ravelry download, even though it was free if you had bought the two skeins of yarn that you needed to make it there, that booth, but I didn't do that. It's a DK weight Mobius cowl. So you start in the beginning with a Mobius cast on. And then you work, so you work from the center and then you work out. And it was designed using two skeins of like speckled yarns. And they use Zen Yen Garden. And one of the skeins, like the the same color, but one of the skeins is only like half speckled and the other one's like full speckled. And so when you start from the beginning in the middle with the lighter speckled one, and then you switch to the darker speckled um, yeah, it makes it cool where like the inside is less speckled and the dark is more speckled. <laughs> and it's using kind of like a, like a mesh. I imagine like a yarn over knit two together. So it kind of skews in a certain way. So lots of diagonal lines. And it looks like maybe an I-Core bind off. It looks pretty cool. So I didn't buy those two yarns, but it seems like this would be a really neat one for some hand spun yarn or something I make like in a gradient yarn, because then when you do the gradient, it'll start, one color will be in the middle and it'll gradiate out to the outside edges of the cowl, but you don't have to like have two separate gradients. It'll just do that naturally as you work the the Mobius. I've only done actually one Mobius thing, probably from a cat boardy pattern. She's got a very elaborate way to do that Mobius cast on. Because contrary to popular opinion, you can't just twist. If you twist your cast on, it won't create a Mobius. It's just going to create a little twist at the bottom of it. It won't be a true Mobius. Anyway, so that is Strolling on Cloud 9 by Suzanne or Susanna Nielsen. I'm also really liking the Siki shawl, S-I-K-I shawl by Don Henderson. This is a new free pattern that's for a fingering weight triangular shawl. And I guess one side is knit in half twisted ribbing, and then you do one by one ribbing on the wrong side. So it's a pretty straightforward pattern. I mean, it's mostly looks like a ribbed, ribbed triangular shawl. And it looks really nice in the pattern picture because it's just like in a solid color. And it has these little tassels down at a few, 
few spots just at the edge of the triangle. So that one's a nice pattern, nice free pattern. That's the Siki Shawl by Don Henderson. One more pullover that I liked. It's a tank top, actually. It's from the latest pom-pom um, summer issue 29. It's called Argil, A-R-G-I-L, by Claire Lakewood. It's a fingering weight V-neck tank top. It's a V-neck in the front and the back. And it uses a mix of like horizontal and vertical stripes. It looks a little bit like interesting construction. Like I think you start at the back. So the back is vertical stripes. And then, you know, the top of the two section, two sides are worked separately, the straps, and you go up and over. And then I think the front bottom is knit side to side. So you're going to end up getting horizontal stripes at the lower part of the bottom. I didn't quite read the construction details, but it looks pretty cool. Um, I like the colors they use, which of course are like some sort of like Quinson company. So they're pretty neutral, which means more wearable than anything that I usually make for myself. So that's Argyll by Claire Lakewood from the latest Pom Pom magazine. I have a couple of crochet items I've been looking at. Um, one is the Marguerite blanket by Sandra Eng. It's a $6.50 Ravelry download. It uses like tapestry crochet. Um, the one as written is a DK weight, I guess, baby, baby blanket, I think. Um, and it has these like kind of round like medallion or flower motifs. And then you have to join them. So color work. So two different colors on these medallions. And then you join them somehow into making like a larger rectangle. Um, it looks pretty complicated for me. I think she had it written down as like an intermediate crochet pattern because you have to do tapestry crochet, which means holding two colors at the same time. Maybe that's not hard. I don't know. I haven't done it before. I recently favored somebody's version of the Marguerite blanket that had like a, it was like a Marvel version where they had made these different medallions as like different superheroes. I mean, one was pretty obvious, was kind of like a Captain America one. So red, white, and blue. And then there was like an Iron Man just in the different colors of the different heroes. And it looks pretty cool. A little bit primary colors, but pretty awesome. So that's the Marguerite Blanket by Sandra Eng. And then just a little cute one is the Finger Sloth, which is a tiny little like toy by Aaliyah Bland, who's also the little bee. It's a $4 Ravelry download. And they're just little like sloth toys that have like long arms that you can like wrap around to hold a finger. Or I think somebody put them like on a holiday wreath or something. They're really cute. I was just looking up sloth patterns too, because the people that I'm made the baby's jumper for like he wrote a book about a sloth and actually that's available this book is really cute it's like called slothilda i'm not sure the actual name of the book but the it's like, like a cartoon book slothilda is the main character she's a sloth so i wanted to make a sloth pattern but i just didn't quite find the time but this little finger sloth was so cute and the little color combinations are real cute they're like primary colors it also reminds me i had this postcard for years when i was a kid um, I think it was from the Crystal Palace in Vancouver, BC. And it was of these pygmy marmosets, which are like like the smallest primate, I think. And the picture was actually of like newborns. They're like tiny little newborns, but it's somebody holding up two fingers and each little pygmy marmoset is like holding on to one of the fingers. It is so adorable. And I'll find try to find the picture to put in the, in the show notes because it's so cute. And I like made us go to 
the Crystal Palace or this like botanical gardens, like just to see those pygmy marmosets. Cause I saw that picture in a book or something and I was like, what is happening? Like, how do they keep them in a cage? And they were like a lot bigger when they were fully grown, but they were still pretty small, you know, like the size of a hamster or something. And their fur was just so fine that it almost looked like feathers. Like it was crazy. Anyway, pygmy marmosets. <laughs> So that's what these finger slots remind me of, because I'm sure there's a picture where there's someone's holding up fingers and those little, like, um, slobs are holding onto the fingers. So that's, um, and that was crochet, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. So that's um, Finger Sloth by Aaliyah Bland. So that's what I'm jonesing for. Okay, so re-ups. I do have some new stuff, partly because, yeah, we went to the Southern California Handweavers Guild Fiber Festival down in Torrance. Their guild is selling, like, things that are handwoven by the members. And so I bought a handwoven towel for the kitchen. And this is kind of my new tradition is, like, buying handwoven towels because it's something that we really will use. And there's something I get a lot of pleasure out of having everyday use out of something that's, like, handmade like that. Because even, like, my sweaters and stuff, you know, I just pull them out every so often, you know. But it's, like, to be able to to use something every day. So yes, yeah, so I bought a new new towel. It's the one I bought is like very elaborate and pretty thick too. So we'll see. I'm almost worried. I think it'll be very absorbent, but I don't know if. Yeah, we haven't quite started using it yet. So that was exciting, and I'm just gonna put in a plug for trying to not a plug, but encourage you to buy handwoven towels because it's really a joy. The guild they also have books they're putting out for sale, and. You know, all of the proceeds go to go to the guild. So I ended up buying a used copy of the Niebling, Herbert Niebling, Herbert, I made that up maybe, the Niebling lace book. I didn't quite think to have it with me when I was podcasting. So Twee was like, isn't this something you want? And I was like, I don't know, is it? So I made a another Niebling lace pattern before. I made Lyra, which... I had intended as a wedding wedding veil, <laughs> but now it's just in a bag. But so I do I did make Lyra before and I really like that one. And so this one has this book has patterns for, I don't know, like fifteen more lace doilies or lace shawls. Pretty bare bones. It was published by the Laces Museum down in Oakland. Or Berkeley, I think. Berkeley. I have been there before, but I think I just bought the individual pattern there instead of buying the book. So I bought the book there with some encouragement from Twee because it is something that is up my alley and the proceeds were going to the guild anyway. There was a a booth for Needlepoints West, which was a local yarn store down by LAX. They brought all these sale yarns, so like 50% off everything. So I bought a skein of Cascade Ultra Pima in a mint colorway. Um, I'm going to use that for some more knitted knockers. They didn't have any flesh flesh colors on sale, but I think this one will be a nice, like, light color. That won't be too bad. I also got some um, Frolicking Feet. is like a fingering weight uh, sock yarn. I think the overall brand is Done Roving Yarns. These are just little 200-yard skeins, so I, they're even smaller than... 50 grams, so I think. I'm not sure. But I got three little skins of those. So one is an orange pumpkin color. One is orchid, which is a purple. And then the other one is like kind of a speckle with oranges and purples in it. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I thought all three of those work together. So that's like 600 yards, which might be something. So that's the little frolicking feet singles, or I can't remember what they call them, the little minis. 
And then I bought two skeins of uh, On Linny or Linny 97 Star Wool Lace Color. <laughs> this is like a lace weight yarn that has a like um, color striping. It goes from pinks and has pinks and yellows and browns in it. They had a little swatch of a little like crocheted scarf and it looked pretty nice, those colors. So I don't know. I'm no immediate plans for that, but I just thought the colors were too cute and everything was 50% off. So, you know, I guess I had to. <laughs> uh, I bought some fiber as well. Um, first we went to this booth and it seemed like they're just trying to sell everything from Santa Barbara yarns and finished goods. I got some like 10 ounces of a New Zealand merino and she's had a ton of it, but it's 18 microns and it's, so it's like so soft. It's just a plain um, natural color. Uh, that's a lot of it, 10 ounces. So no immediate plans. I don't know if I'd blend it with something else or just spin it on its own, but yeah, it's, it was, it was like a dollar an ounce, I think. So I really couldn't pass it by. And yeah, and she had so much. I think all of us got a little bit of it. I got a couple of fiber items from Goody Supply Company from Jen Goody. So one is a four ounce braid of 80% South American wool and 20% viscose. And so that has, it's blues and purples and greens, but then it has little like neps in it that are the viscose that are all pinks. And I actually bought a a braid of the same base from her, but it was all in pink. So the neps were pink and the fiber was dyed pink. I also bought from her kind of a gradient pack. It's the Perfect Sock Blend. So it's five ounces and it's 62.5% Superwash Cheviot, 12.5% Silk, 12.5% Nylon or Firestar, and 12.5% Soy. Okay, I was trying to like do the math to confirm. Yeah. So it came in this big tube and there was like a number of colors. Okay, yeah. So five one ounce little bumps. One is blues, variegated blues. And the one is greens with some yellow in it. And then one is like yellow and red and purple. And then there's a pink and then a gray. And they're all just really pretty like hand dyed colors. I mean, it's four socks, but I don't think I would spin this for socks so I would spin it for something else anyway and it's like a such hard to pass up as it's like this whole tube of different little rovings they're so pretty anyway so that's what I got from Goody Supply Company oh and I got one other thing Slip Stitch Studios which does like project bags and progress keeper holders and stuff um, all kinds of sewn items and they have always have a lot of cute fabrics and stuff they had those like um yarn ball holders kind of like the yarn bras I don't know what they actually call them. And so it, it just uses like a stretchy fabric. It's like a little tube, stretchy fabric with some elastic on the ends. So I got one of those that has like kind of like cat mermaids. The deal was like buy four, get one free. So we just, um, a couple of us found one we liked to, um, to split the cost of it, of the bulk order. Okay, so that's what I got from WEF. And uh, I hope that's all I bought. That should be all I got in the last few weeks. But speaking of that Niebling book, I kind of threw the question out to you guys at the end of the last episode if you wanted to do a complicated along or an intricate along or however you want to call it. And so I think that we totally should. This is going to be any project. How about if you've started it since May? Actually, you know, I don't care when you started it. Just come in and chat about anything you've started 
anything you're still working on or you want to start that's like complicated. And this means like complicated for you. I don't, I'm not going to be judging what I consider is complicated. It's really inspired by doing the fox paws or looking at doing the butterfly shawl. And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be necessarily something hard, but maybe something you have to pay attention to. You could do, yes, something like one of those. You could do like double knitting or what else? Yeah, lace, like one of these kneebling shawls definitely counts. And depending on if how much I like the book, it might be a prize for one of you participating. Um, so just, yeah, join in, chat about it, maybe com- commiserate, maybe inspire some people with some other complicated items. I'm always looking at like Kieran Foley patterns because I think they always look like overly complicated, but that means I am interested. His are often kind of like intarsia lace. And there I know there's like some intarsia brioche or intarsia, whatever. Yeah, just come and chat. I'll probably do a finished items thread, but really it'll mostly, I'll probably do prizes out of like the chatter thread anyway. And yeah, so whatever that means to you, maybe this could be a good chance to try one of these like big lace things or big whatever projects that you've been putting off. And these might be long-term projects, so I think, you know, I'll do prizes out of the chatter thread too, just because you want to encourage, well, I want to encourage chatter, but I also just want to encourage progress, not necessarily, like some of these could be long-term projects that'll take a while anyway. So yeah, so I'll start a thread for that after I release this episode, and then we can all just play along. I'm going to have a, I kind of already started a bundle, but it's harder to add things to a bundle than I realized, and I thought I could just have anybody add stuff. So I don't know. The bundle's a little incomplete right now, and that certainly doesn't mean anything about what you are able to do for the, for the, again, it's all a craft along, so whatever you want, knitting, crochet, any other project is fine. Okay, so complicated along, whips are fine, because I want to encourage you to actually work on them and finish them. Okay, so I think that is all of the knitting. Um, I have, let's see, movies and TV. Um, uppers and downers. I took a sick day one day and I ended up watching the entire TV show The Act, which was like a miniseries on Hulu. And Patricia Arquette plays the mother of the sick girl. Ruby, I think is her name. No. Gypsy. (laughs) That's it. Ruby. Gypsy. But it's kind of like a... I think it's based on a true story and it's kind of like a Munchausen by proxy story. And the acting's really good. I got pretty sucked into that. So I watched like all eight episodes or something, maybe over two days. I would recommend. Um, I watched Russian Doll, that um, show on Netflix with Natasha Lyonne. And I first watched it, the first couple episodes, which is very repetitive. And I kind of just didn't like Natasha Lyonne's character. It was kind of a jerk. But it did grow on me. And once they kind of introduced this other character into the show... I really started to find um, myself wanting to watch it. And ultimately, I yeah, I really liked it. It kind of was reminding me of like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind at times. And I'm a huge fan of that movie. So I think uh, give it a try and you might like it. Russian Doll on Netflix. I finished season three of Crashing on HBO. That's the Pete Holmes like vehicle where he's like a trying to break out into stand up comedy. Um, I've heard it as the very last season, and I just really like that show. It's a 30-minute show, and yeah, a lot of fun, and I enjoy him, and yeah, the show's pretty good. 
finished Game of Thrones, of course. I don't have anything huge to say about the finale, but yeah, a little disappointing, maybe. I watched the new version of Overboard. That's the version from last year with Eugenio Darvez and Anna, Anna Ferris. And, um, no, it's not very good. I mean, there's some enjoyable moments, but, I mean, I love the original Overboard, and this just felt like, you know, it switched because... Um, the male character is the one that has amnesia and, and everything, but I don't know. It's just, it was just something to have on. I wasn't too impressed with it. That was on Amazon, I think. I also watched the documentary Generation Wealth on Amazon. So that's from last year. Um, Lauren Greenfield is like a photojournalist. She also made the documentary Queen of Versailles. Queen of Versailles is amazing. You should watch that one about this couple that was building the largest house in the country, like in Florida. And then when the financial downturn happened, it's just like left incomplete. Generation Wealth I found really interesting. I thought I got a little bit rambly because she's just talking about all, basically all the things that plague plague us in terms of wealth. It's a lot of talk about plastic surgery and eating disorders and workaholics and her own like autobiographical story. Yeah, and, like, porn, and it was just, like, a lot of different topics, so it felt a little bit scattered, but I thought there were some really interesting ideas, and it's definitely a little bit demoralizing about our um, future, about our nation, certainly America, but I guess it's a universal topic. I went, we went out to the theater the other night and saw John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982, I think, 85, 82, uh, early... Kurt Russell, and I saw it once, you know, like maybe 10 years ago, but it was better than I remembered. It was a 70, we went to see a 70 millimeter print, but it was faded, so it was a little bit pink, but we stuck around anyway, and I just found it really enjoyable. I just didn't quite remember, remember it that well, even though it wasn't that long ago that we watched it, so, so I'd recommend it. Watch it on, on TV, on whatever, Netflix, probably. So that's John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, I watched this weird movie on HBO called Fatal Beauty. Um, this is just a weird 80s movie. I think it's 80s. With Whoopi Goldberg as a LA cop. She's like, so she's trying to find like somebody who's putting some sort of like poisoned like coke out on the streets or something. And then Sam Elliott. I think he has a mustache, but he has like really long hair or like not long, but like a little mullety, you know? is the security guy for, you know, the suspect or something. But it's also kind of a romance. Um, it's a little bit one of those action movies where people immediately start using machine guns, and I'm usually kind of bored by machine guns in action movies. But um, it's just such a weird... The whole movie, which is such a weird combination. So that's the kind of weird crap that I watch a lot. That was Fatal Beauty, starring Whoopi Goldberg and Sam Elliott. I'm sure I've watched more, but that will probably do it. I'll have crazy new stuff. I haven't seen a movie in a while, and I've really gone out to the theaters. Well, I just saw The the Thing. But I haven't seen a new movie in a while, not since Avengers Endgame. So I'm looking for recommendations. I know somebody was talking about John Wick, so maybe I'll have to see John Wick 3. But we'll see. If you have seen anything new, uh, let me know. I guess that's about it. Um, Start thinking about what you want to do for the complicated along and just join in at any time. You can find 
me on Ravelry as No Dice. You can find me on Instagram as No Dice Eleven, and you can find the show notes at skeinenable.com. You can join our Ravelry group. Search for Skein Enable Podcast under the Groups tab. Have a great couple weeks, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. I'm